0: Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Alicia. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and to current events to try and understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine and as women in general. Yep. And
1: you can find and follow us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which are all at From Skirts to Scrubs. You can also check us out on Twitter, now called X, (laughs) which is at FSTS (laughs) underscore podcast.
0: And you can <laughs> and you can Twitter's check out our website. <laughs> yes. oh and God.
1: you can check out our website for more information on our episodes, show notes, sources, merch, and more. And that's from skirts to scrubs.com. Yeah,
0: hey, you can also subscribe also subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app and leave us a rating and review. Oh, um, I think that might have been the fastest we ever got so derailed. <laughs> it was the quickest ever (laughs) we're already off track okay
1: so we are back for the last episode of this mini-series more than a uterus and today we are going to be discussing pnes or psychogenic non-epileptic seizures we hope you've enjoyed this second installment of our mini-series um we're going to be transitioning back into full length episodes in the coming weeks but this has been really yes, fun to record and it's been a nice way to like enjoy our summer and hopefully you all have been able to enjoy the episodes we've recorded too. Yeah. Yeah? So, let's just dive right in. Well, let's do it. Okay. So, what is PNES? So, PNES mimics epileptic seizures, but they are not caused by abnormal electrical activity in the brain like seizures are. Instead, PNES is thought to have a psychological or emotional origin. They're like sometimes referred to as functional seizures or non-organic seizures because they're not related to the same underlying neurological mechanism that occur in epileptic seizures. And for context, in case you didn't know or need a refresher, epilepsy is a neurological disorder characterized by recurrent, unprovoked seizures. And seizures are episodes of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. And they can lead to a wide variety of symptoms that include, but are not limited to, convulsions, altered consciousness, weirdo behaviors, Sensation changes, I don't know, like weird behaviors, like unusual behaviors. And just like sometimes you can even have like really distressing or strange emotions that come up depending on where the electrical activity is going haywire in your brain. So, how do we diagnose PNES? PNES is kind of like a clinical diagnosis, but it's like a combination of having some symptoms and then also having a lack of like a certain diagnostic finding. So let me explain. There's like a lot of factors that should prompt a person to get evaluated for PNES. And these are some of the symptoms that people might feel. So specifically like PNES, if you're having these like seizure-like episodes really often, multiple times a day, Even if the patient seems like totally normal most of the time, but you're having these strange seizure like episodes, they last longer than five minutes. Sometimes situations can trigger it, like a stressful situation or an emotional situation. Um, Oftentimes they'll happen more often in medical settings. Like if someone's watching, they'll happen more often, which is different from other seizures. Often they will happen in like pregnancy or like when you're waking up from anesthesia. So, like, if you're having seizure like episodes in any of those situations, it's very possible that you have PNES. If you're having seizure like episodes not in those situations, you might have epilepsy. Regardless, you should get checked out by a doctor ASAP. And again, we haven't said this in a while because we said it in our first episode, but this is definitely not cool. medical advice for surezies. This is just us doing some researching and sharing what we learn and talking about it so just wanted to clarify that but the thing about pnes versus epileptic seizures are that there's lots of differences between the two but also they are pretty difficult to separate based Mm -hmm. off of symptoms alone so i don't know Shar. do you know of any like symptoms in particular when you think of pnes that are like really different from seizures like epilepsy
0: so PNES, you are, like, responsive during it. Like, if you could, like, ask them a question or, like, say, do something, like, you could be, like, oh, I don't know, give me a thumbs up while they're having a the seizure. And they could, I'm pretty sure. They squeeze their eyes shut really hard, which is not normal in a seizure. Your eyes, like, mm-hmm. are often just, like, open during a seizure. But if mm-hmm. they're, like, squeezing super hard, like, they're trying to keep their eyes closed, usually PNES. And also if they, like, remember anything like stuff mm-hmm. that happened during and like, yes, later. And they're like, Oh, I heard you. I heard everyone talking. I heard everyone freaking out. And it probably was PNES. Cause you wouldn't have that like memory from a real seizure. Something like about tongue biting too is popular. Like if you bite the tip of your tongue, it's PNES, but if you bite the side of your tongue, it's a real seizure or something like that. That, that used to be a, a big U world
1: question. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, that is a thing. Yes. Good job, Charlotte. Yeah. So We'll just like kind of go down this list and like talk about the differences between seizures, like epileptic seizures and PNES. So the frequency is different between the two for epilepsy. It's kind of variable. You'll never know when you're going to have a seizure. And PNES is pretty frequent and often happens like with certain triggers, which we'll talk about more later. Usually epileptic seizures are less than two minutes. If you don't count the time after when the person is, like, very confused, whereas Mm -hmm. PNES is, like, the episodes are much longer, like, often more than a few minutes. Like you said, Char, the eyes, when you have an epileptic seizure, are usually open or half open, whereas in PNES, they're usually closed because the person is holding them shut. Mm
0: -hmm. For
1: motor activity in an epilepsy, they... Like the biggest motor activity you can have is if you have like a generalized tonic-clonic seizure, which is the seizure that most people think about when they're thinking about like a really bad seizure. It's like a lot of shaking and like moving, but it's like very rhythmic in a Mm -hmm. way. Whereas in PNES, it's more like alternating movements, thrashing, back arching, the head moving side to side is like a very common PNES movement. Um, And it's less common for you to have like very stuck tone in your muscles, like you're holding your muscles really tight. Whereas in an epileptic seizure, that's very common. Usually in epilepsy, people are not able to speak, especially if it's later in the seizure. Whereas like you said, during and after the seizure, people with PNES can speak and often will convey distress. People with epilepsy will typically have like cyanosis which means that there's signs that they're like not getting enough air whereas like people with pnes are often hyper aroused and like hyperventilating and feeling flushed and pale rather than like blue and like not able to breathe um there's a post ictal phase in epilepsy which is just like you said so like post ictal meaning like after the seizure people are confused and that typically mm-hmm. lasts like 20 to 40 minutes Whereas after PNES, people come back right immediately and they like remember what happened during it, which is very uncommon. In a real seizure, people often will like be incontinent of bladder or bowels. They might pee themselves. They might poop themselves. If you have an epileptic seizure, like you said, will often bite the side of their tongue or their cheek. Whereas in PNES, Mm -hmm. you will bite the tip of your tongue.
0: It's so weird. Like, I
1: know. I don't know. I I can't even imagine biting the tip of my tongue. Those are just kind of symptoms that folks with PNES have that are different from people with epileptic seizures. And there's not really like a diagnostic criteria for PNES. The closest one is like conversion disorder, which is part of the DSM. Mm -hmm. It's part of the like psychiatric diagnoses that we are able to give people. Um, But essentially, if you think someone has PNES, it's like a clinical diagnosis but it requires a rule out of epilepsy. And so Mm -hmm. you will usually have a video EEG or an electroencephalogram. So a video EEG is helpful because if you're having an episode, they can specifically go to that time that you're having an episode and see if you have seizure-like activity in your brain. And if you do, then that's epilepsy or a seizure. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. then it's likely PNES. Yeah. Yeah. Then also things to consider are like risk factors and comorbid conditions. Um, Those are things we always take into consideration when we're talking about diagnosing PNES. Any ideas what any of those risk factors or comorbidities could be?
0: Anxiety, depression feel like always top contenders. Yeah. You mentioned before just like high levels of stress, but that's not really comorbidity, but like.
1: Yeah, but that's an emotional, like, it's a risk factor. So, like, emotional distress, trauma, anxiety, and, like, other psychological factors, and then comorbidities are things like psychological or psychiatric conditions, like depression, anxiety, somatic symptom disorder, PTSD is a big one. And then also, like, Mm -hmm. if you have epilepsy, that's, like, a risk factor or comorbidity to have PNES, and also developmental disability or delay.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I know. So kind of in the same vein of like things that bring on episodes of PNES, what do you think are, I might've like already mentioned some of them, but like, what do you think are some things that provoke episodes of PNES?
0: Um, you mentioned things like stress and in pregnancy and uh, I don't yeah. remember the others, but.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. So stress is definitely one. Pregnancy is definitely one because it's stressful. And interestingly, and like stressful. Mm-hmm. Important to point out. And then interestingly, like I think I mentioned that if witnesses are present, that will like surprisingly more often trigger an episode of PNES. So having a witness in the room has a 75% predictive value of PNES. I know. Oh my God. Super interesting. What? There's also like a relationship to sleep. So PNES can episodes can happen during sleep or as a person's waking up from sleep. Periods are also like a time in which like there's more episodes of PNES, especially like perimenstrual. So like right before you get your period. But there's also different types of PNES, which I didn't realize. There's like the convulsive oh, type where you have that like alternating movements. Usually they're at like, a high frequency, but a lower amplitude. They're not these like giant necessarily thrashing movements, but they're like smaller. Um, yeah. They're often mistaken for tonic-clonic seizures. And so it's important to get like a video EEG And that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the swoon type, which is kind of reminds me of like an absence seizure, but it's like where you just like fall or slump to the ground and you have little to no movement.
0: Yeah. And then there's
1: like an intermediate where you like fall to the ground, but then you have this like weird variable tremor. So it's kind of a like a combination of both. And one systematic gotcha. review found that long duration, fluctuating course, asynchronous movements. So like not equal movements to both sides, pelvic thrusting, side to side head or body movements, eye closure, crying, memory recall. And mm-hmm. no post-ictal confusion. So, like, you just come right back to it. We're all the most reliable signs to distinguish PNES from epilepsy.
0: Right. That makes yeah. sense.
1: Treatment for this involves, like, therapy, psychotherapy. So, like, CBT, mindfulness, and even some traditional psychotherapy, like, psychodynamics and, like, Freudian kind of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but there's really no like medications that we provide except for medications that can help with like anxiety, depression, and other comorbidities. Or like comorbid
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I also looked into like a brief history. Hard to find much on these small yeah, diseases, sure. <laughs> but since ancient times, like non-epileptic seizures have been recognized as a form of hysteria. Actually.
0: I'm not sure. Which makes sense. Even a little. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. It even like makes little. total sense. Yeah. yeah. In the late 1800s, this dude named Charco, I don't know if it's the Charco Marie Tooth guy or who he was, but. Sharco. He... <laughs> oh, I was thinking of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Sharco. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> he man. described non epileptic seizures as a clinical disorder, calling it hysteroepilepsy and epileptiform hysteria. The term non-epileptic seizure is obviously way better and like more okay than the older terms, like hysterical seizure or even pseudo seizure, because those connotations are really negative. But I thought I'd tell like a funny kind of like quick story. It's like kind of random, but I was like, this feels inadequate to cover the history of PNES. So I want to say, I want to tell a story.
0: Oh, amazing. I'm excited.
1: There's this dude in 1886 his name was James Clegg he was just a dude in England he was born there and he was a pickpocket when he was 16 years old that's where his story starts so he was like hanging out with this group of like thieves and like thugs in London and he learned the art of dummy chuckling which is this like idea of throwing a fake fit he's like a
0: like the idea a, of
1: like faking it yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah like having a fake seizure basically or a pseudo seizure and he would have these like pseudo seizures and everyone would get there like they would like turn to look at him and give him attention yeah. and all his friends would pickpocket everyone
0: <laughs> yeah a genius this, i know this honestly so then... people with disabilities but like also a genius
1: i know it's like being a
0: street performer
1: it was smart. So then he got a prison sentence for this because people did yeah. not take well to that. No. And he he had to, you know, go to prison. And then he was like still like having these fake fits there because he felt like he had to prove himself because everyone was watching him. So he once convulsed for an hour. What? And then he also once convulsed and then fell 30 feet. Oh, my God. I know. Just to prove his point. He eventually made it out of prison. Good for him. He escaped to America. Also good for him. And he only continued his dummy chuckling. So he. Oh,
0: no. He never learned.
1: I know he didn't. So eventually he like ended up in like an asylum somewhere. And there was this doctor, Doctor Carlos McDonald, who met him and basically like got this whole confession out of him that he was faking. Mm.
0: And that's yeah. the end of that story. <laughs> it's not my best. Wow, that's crazy. I Man, know he really kept up with that act. Like he went to the I asylum. Thing like if they were I like talking to the asylum, I'd be like, the jig is up. I'm not actually having seizures. I'm not. I going know, but asylum. I think
1: he would have had to go to jail if he didn't go to to the asylum.
0: Down. But honestly, at that Which time, is was it even in better days. than jail.
1: I know. Yeah, exactly. But the question we've all been waiting for is: Pnes more common in women? Yeah, it is. Mm, no. <laughs> How many times more
0: common in women do you think it is, Charlotte? We played this game last time. Six times more common.
1: No, that's too high.
0: Three times more common. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
1: Nice. So they are three times more nice. common. In women than men, and the average time to diagnosis. Any
0: guesses? Two years, three years, seven years. <laughs> yeah, seven point two years. Seven point two. Damn, that seems a long time for a disease. That like, honestly, is pretty diagnosable. I feel like.
1: Like yeah, but I think it depends. Like if not as clear.
0: A- yeah, I guess it's just like if
1: it's not a seizure and you're not seeing seizure activity, then it's. Probably not a seizure and it's probably PNES, but you know, yeah. I don't like, know. Usually if you have
0: seizures, they tell you like take a video, like we know it's not your first instinct, but it'll help the doctor the most if you take a video of the patient like having a seizure and then you show that to a doctor or a neurologist. I don't know. That seems crazy. Seven years seems like a big gap that should not exist. Yeah,
1: I saw the span was between like a few months to like nine years.
0: Oh my god. And so
1: they said that the average was 7.2. And I was like, dang. That's a lot. And then these are just like other random interesting things that I kind of found like in my searching. So in between women and men patients, there's like a high frequency of pelvic thrusting movements, Mm -hmm. epistotonic posturing, which basically just means like weird, like arching of your back and stuff and more lateralized movements, which means like movements to one side over the other. And all those things are more common in male patients. And it's interesting because the first thing I said there was pelvic thrusting. And it's mm-hmm. actually a theory is that because it's socially unacceptable, more socially unacceptable for people of the female gender to make that motion. That's why it causes. that's why there's like a lower frequency of that movement in oh. females, the PNES. Yeah, because
0: part of PNES pnes is that you have like some type of awareness still yeah yeah so interesting
1: and then women are also more likely to experience certain types of pnes like convulsive pnes compared to men um men are more likely to experience like non-convulsive which makes sense and Mm. then like there's like underlying factors trauma and stress and then like social sociocultural factors that all are like contributing to or people think are contributing to this gender difference. So like the underlying factors are the psychological and emotional factors that contribute to PNES. So for example, women with it may be more likely to report a history of physical or sexual abuse and higher levels of depression, anxiety, and other psychological issues. Whereas men are more likely to report a history of substance abuse, which is like very in line with the... Demographic, demographics of those diseases anyway, especially yeah, the like is, for history sure. of sexual and physical trauma. I feel like when I was in PNES clinic on my rotation, I remember the doctor specifically saying that that was like a very common correlation. So like I said, trauma and stress definitely contribute and like they may be women who experience trauma may be more susceptible to PNES and also Like that's their way of coping with their experiences, which is an interesting Mm -hmm. like take. And then, yeah, sociocultural factors like gender roles and societal expectations may influence how PNES is expressed and reported by individuals. And this kind of ties into like what we were saying about BPD, which is that like women are more likely or maybe more likely to seek medical attention for their symptoms while men would be more reluctant potentially due to societal norms around masculinity and like what is acceptable mm. behavior right. for a man to have and like what is a sign of weakness versus not and so I think it kind of gets into this idea of like hegemonic masculinity and like toxic masculinity right and being enough
0: <laughs> you are enough anyway
1: anyone listening <laughs> you are enough do you have any uh, stories about PNES, Charlotte, that you want to tell me to regale me today?
0: So interesting that it's like a psychological thing. It's not like these people are like purposely doing this. They're not like knowingly. Time to have a fake seizure. No. Because and it's, it's like a very
1: like, real condition, like super it's very real. real.
0: And My only experience with PNES is when I was on my neuro rotation, I spent two weeks on child neurology at the children's hospital, which was super cool. If I wasn't an OB, I wanted to be a child neurologist. And so I did that rotation. It was very fun. And basically every single patient had seizures because that's like what they see the most in child neurology. And I think I saw two PNES patients. One was like getting an EEG done. It was like in the hospital, in the, on the, like in the EEG rooms or whatever, getting like it done and having herself recorded for, you know, if she when the activity happened, like what the brainwaves were, all that stuff, which is interesting. And then I saw another patient who in the ED who came in for seizures. But what was interesting is that they put her in the psych ward of the ED. Like all the other, and I can't remember the details of the case now because it was a long time ago, but like all the other kids who had seizures would come in to the ED and go to like regular ED rooms based on like how, you know, severe the seizures were. This patient was like a teenage girl who was having seizures and we thought they were PNES. And I remember she was in like the PED psych ward, which was also super interesting to see in the ED. It was very like eerie because it was still like geared towards children, but it was also a psych ward. So like the doors were locked and stuff. It was very weird, but she wasn't there. And I don't know why. I can't remember if there was like something else going on with her at the same time. But it was just it was just interesting that that's where she was in the ED, and she was also like a older teenager. So I don't know when PNES starts either. I don't know how, like the common age. I don't know if you said or not.
1: Yeah, the like typical age you is know? between twenty and forty.
0: Okay, so you could probably so, get it in your early teens, depending on like yeah, what your life, your has history. Been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I didn't see any like on the adult side. Yeah. Interesting. I like had
1: a specific like PNES clinic that I went to one day. So I for sure saw it there, but I didn't see any like PNES seizures. I only saw those like either on adult neurology, like when I was just on regular like neurology, Mm -hmm. I didn't see this seizure, but I had heard about it actually on my high risk antepartum, like MFM sub I when a woman came in pregnant she's like she delivered her baby she had like pre-e like pre-eclampsia um which is like a hypertension disorder like a high blood pressure disorder of pregnancy that can Mm -hmm. if it progresses lead to eclampsia which involves seizures and it's very very dangerous um and so she like after she delivered was having had like a we got like or my chief got called to the room because she was having a seizure. And it was like this whole thing, mm. chief did this really cool trick. And I'm like, Oh, this is actually really relevant. And I'll share this. Do trick. A rub. No, to take a syringe of saline and shoot it in their eye. And it, if they come to, yeah. yeah, if they come if they, like, to, then, they're
0: like, Oh like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Then it's P N E S. But if they don't, then it's a seizure. And she came to, she actually- like came to reality.
0: Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I think I heard of that because when I was on l and a couple weeks ago, there was a patient who like, this was like during the day shift. and I was on nights, but I came in the day shift was like, guys, we've had quite a day. And there was a patient who like basically like fainted or had a seizure, but not really. But they called the rapid response team and um, they were like doing all this stuff. And they were like this woman, it kind of was faking what was going on. It was a very complicated patient. But they did all these like maneuvers to see if it was real or not. Like, they did a sternal rub and she would like push them away, and then they'd like squirt stuff in her face and she would like swat them. And they're like, Okay, you're obviously fine because you're like pushing us away as we're yeah. trying to like help you in these very uncomfortable ways that you have to do to like actually resuscitate someone. So, I'm sorry, I didn't know you though. it for a PNES though. Just yeah, get out of it. Oh, you have to kind of like wake can. up their brain in a way, just like snap that's out what of you it. have to and do. They're to like so their, caught like, up in the moment
1: exactly yeah. exactly Wild. fascinating but yeah pnes interesting stuff yeah. if you want to hear about more interesting stuff you should subscribe to the podcast leave us a yeah. rating and review spotify apple Podcasts, great places to do that we love it we love hearing from you we love you
0: yeah you can also follow us on all of our social media and you can check out our website for more information which is from, from scripts to scrubs.com And lastly, here's to the women who have fought for us to be where we are today, and we do the same for those who come after us. See everyone, next time with our full-length episodes again. Bye, friendies!